Hello, listeners. Thanks for joining us here on the TSR Podcast Network. I'm Lundy, joined as always by Roz and Reed. And in case you forgot, or if it's your first time tuning in, we are Two Sweet Reviews. <laughs> on today's pod, we're going to deep dive our review process and the overall output, trying to get into what makes us different. After that, we're going to take our first steps into doing some exclusive individual reviews. And finally, we're going to finish off with a new and hopefully recurring segment on music history, trivia. We're not even really sure yet, but we hope it's fun. Boys, it's good to be back. Let's get to it. Episode 9. Episode 9, boys. Let's go. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a busy summer. Felt, uh, felt like we haven't taped many pods. No, it's everyone's so, yeah, like summertime. Yeah. It's like once the snow falls and it starts chilling, like chilling off a bit, I think we'll, we'll really... Uh, really increase our output but yeah we're just having too much fun summer fun. Yeah, to, I, life gets thing. in life gets in the way i mean yeah it's not a bad thing the music yeah. hasn't stopped i mean i you know it's probably it hasn't been as overwhelmingly good as the first four months of the year but it's been uh it's been still quality through the summer for sure we were um, so spoiled during the like i remember when the year kicked off and every it felt like every week hit and it was it was magical yeah it's still still good i mean we're getting some good albums but Man, the beginning of the year was crazy. So, uh, yeah, so guys, uh, I mentioned there we are going to kind of deep dive our process, more of an informal chat, really, and kind of why I brought this to the attention of first to talk about is, I don't want to say it irked me, but it got me thinking was when we got called out for our Post Malone review. And (laughs) it's, it's not so much that, like, it didn't piss me off, but it got me thinking that people kind of look at this, and maybe you guys feel differently, but that we think we kind of know better. We know more than the people we're talking about, but like, that's not how I feel about this whatsoever. I'm like, this is just my opinion, man. This is kind of what I like. This is the music I enjoy. And I think we've kind of been leaning more and more like that. Like, yeah, we have some critical thoughts and we, we know music in, in a lot of different ways, but we're definitely not all super well-rounded to the point that I would call myself like a, a music critic really it's more so i just like love music i like talking about it and you know these are just my opinions and like how do you guys feel about that how you approach well i mean if if you look at how the thing started we you know we just started as three guys loving music and i don't think it's any different now than it was then i mean i'm no expert uh i have a lot of friends that can pick up any instrument and play it i can't play a damn thing uh you know i may be able to sing a tune over a campfire or something like that but you know i don't know anything about theory like i mean let's be realistic we we just love listening to and sharing our thoughts on music and finding finding new good stuff all the time so um and i mean i think with that one particular uh call out to that was just a super fan. Yeah. And the, the funny thing about that one as well is we hadn't even posted the review on the website yet. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. He, 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 he or she based their critics off our like two sentence quotes on Instagram and we got shredded. So clearly they were just looking for a reason, but 
Um, yeah, I, ju I just, I, I'm the same as you, Lundy. I don't consider myself an expert. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just having fun with it. And if people find good music listening to us and, and, and following our, uh, our Instagram account and whatnot, then that's what this is about. Yeah, guys, I'm going to echo that. I mean, if if the listeners, you know, if you go on www.twoscreenviews.com <laughs> slash about, about us, this all started during COVID-19. I mean, I moved uh, away from the boys of different province, and it was kind of just something to all come together. And we have a shared interest in music and a love of music and live music and new albums. So we said, hey, why not just start writing it down? I mean, let's we none of us have degrees in journalism. None, none of us, like you said, read. None of us are professional musicians or have any type of background that would warrant any type of uh, any kind of merit to our reviews. But again, music is subjective. We like what we like. We try to be as objective as possible in the music itself. Will we get crazies coming out of the woodwork that are going to from that have fan pages and get mad? Honestly, I'm surprised we've only had it one time. We've done yeah. some pretty big. We've done some pretty big artists, and we don't get a lot of hate. Um, but you know, that's going to happen. So, um, kudos to that person. You know what? Post Malone's a great guy. Uh, I love him. <laughs> on if you guys watch hot ones, the wing show, the interview show, I recommend it. He is actually very funny. And uh, I've, seen him, I've seen him dance and drink a beer there at like some reel or something. Instagram Instagram. He makes me laugh. I don't like his music, but he's cool. Yeah. Dude, man. He just, he's just crashing. <laughs> he's just crushing BLs and just dancing on stage and yeah. auto tune singing. I mean, listen, it's, there's an audience for it. He's super famous, but you know, we're going to have our opinions and people can have uh, the, not our opinions. They could have a completely different one and get mad at us or just disagree with us. But at the end of the day, this is what we're doing. And I, and I do believe we're staying very true to ourselves. So that's the main thing. So and I mean, for you guys, like, uh, you know, other than that, you guys want to maybe spend a minute or so just like give listeners what we're interested in, like where our backgrounds come from and what drives our likes in in this certain kind of music. Like, I guess for me, I, I like a lot of like softer indie rock. I think we all have some similar enjoyments, you know, the Tame Impala's, the the radio heads, that kind of stuff, but we definitely have differences outside of that, uh, you know, indie rock pop for me, for sure. Um, with a background, definitely going back to my high school emo days of all like the old school, my chemical romance, brand new, that kind of stuff. So that all kind of creeps in still. Um, so we kind of come together centrally on a lot of good bands, but then we definitely branch out. Um, what about you guys? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll share kind of my thought process and kind of background, just like you, Lonnie, I believe I can speak for all of us. We've all had our emo phases. So <laughs> we've, we've all come like, listen, I listened to the use and death cab all throughout high school and that's just how it is. But, uh, I've had an evolution of tastes. I, when I was young, I loved like heavy metal and stuff like that, just wild. And the kind of switched to emo, then it kind of went into hip hop and rap. Um, and then they went to EDM, electronic music, which I kind of stuck with. And it was really only, only until we as a, as, a, as a group started traveling more, going to Oshagas and kind of being more exposed to indie rock and alternative rock music. I really started getting into that. So over the years, I've definitely um, developed or at least my, my tastes have evolved. Also, just from uh, my past history as a DJ and producing music as a hobby and just kind of being a bit of an audio audiophile, I find that uh, my critiques and my reviews are really based around the music itself. Um, if you can tell from my reviews, I'm always describing the music, describing the tones and the timbers. And I, I'm, I've always been more 
go towards the actual sound itself. Do I appreciate the lyrics? Yes. Do I write much about the lyrics? No. But also I know it's a strength that you guys have. So I kind of lean on you guys for that. So I feel as though my my contribution is kind of getting deep into the uh, the sound design and, and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's the stuff that really gets me going. Yeah. I mean, uh, what's that uh, famous line? The only constant in life is change, right? Mm. And that, and that's <laughs> that goes with music. I mean, uh, the first stuff I was listening to, honestly, was uh, <laughs> was probably like Billy Ray Cyrus. Like, (laughs) and then like a Backstreet Boys and, you know, whatever I was force fed on uh, much music and stuff like that to to the Limp Biscuits, to the M&Ms, to, you know, the Chili Peppers were in there earlier or in my early days. Um, Once I got to high school, I think I I really started to get into a a niche, like uh, definitely alternative and rock like uh, I was really turned on by Billy Talent and uh, like I said the Chili Peppers uh, I dug deeper into some of their older stuff and then I went to university and and started looking more into the Pearl Jams and the 90s grunge and really uh, really fell in love with uh, with that type and um re- really like rap too I I enjoy you know rappers with good flow like the stuff that comes out these days is you know, overproduce and, and just really just a different style. I mean, you look at the the Travis Scotts and the little babies and all, all the all that crowd. I mean, it's uh, to me, it's so overdone. And when you go back and you look at the stripped down stuff like Big L and uh, Tupac and stuff in those days, it was, you know, they didn't have any of that stuff and or it was very minimal. And it just like the the talent just shines through like and, and one artist that does that for me right now is Action Bronson. Um, his his last couple of uh, uh, albums haven't been uh, too too great, but uh, he's just someone that gets on there and you know sings about sports and just has a million sweet lines and stuff. But um, it, just in general, anything that gives, I, I get a, a bit of an emotional connection with with music as well, like like uh, like the Radioheads and and. Uh, I guess like uh, the Rage Against Machines and, and, and those type of bands. So um, I guess that sums it up. I mean, I could go on for days about uh, what, you know, what makes me uh, tick. But at the end of the day, I think we all really enjoy the talent we hear. Right. I mean, uh, we may not love all the genres. We may not love everything that we listen to, but there's a true appreciation for the art and the talent that that we hear. I mean, we just did a we just did a Beyonce album. Probably never going to throw the thing on again. But I mean, the <laughs> the woman is amazing, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and and again, that you know, kind of to to clue it all back up. Uh, it's another another benefit of this TSR endeavor we're kind of going into niches that we probably never would have if we weren't doing this. So. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I always try to make clear when people ask us about this is just like, I look at a lot of these blogs around and I don't know, like pitchfork and the rolling stones. They're so pretentious to the point that, you know, like they're given, yeah, we've gave some low scores as well, but they're just like, you know, stuck their nose up in the air to the point that, they're looking down on bands and i don't ever want to feel like that um i feel like what really stands out to me and what i like to describe about tsr is that yeah we think we know stuff about music to a certain degree but this is purely comes down to our personal thoughts on stuff like what we enjoy what we dig into 
you know, we try not to sway one way or the other, but some of these blogs, they're strictly critical. And I think I like to think that what separates us is the ability to, you know, be personal with it, connect with listeners, connect with the band in that kind of way. And, you know, really give a more human element to it than, you know, just strictly putting a score and critiquing something. Yeah, I definitely just want to chime in and say if there's if there's one thing that I confident confidently can say we are is that we're genuine. Uh, this is definitely a labor of love. We do this because we enjoy it. Uh, the proof is just just watch us. You know, now that we can like go to concerts. You we just went to Chili Peppers and Strokes. We just went to Coachella. Like we go and it, love the. We just love music. We go see it live. We listen to it all the time. I mean, like you said, we were almost you know we're at seventy, almost eighty albums. Like we've been doing this. We're pretty consistently been doing this for a while, and we just uh, just love doing it, guys. Like I do this even if we didn't have anything. If there was no social media, no podcast, we'd probably still do this. So, you have one one long word file by now. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. it'd be so long. <laughs> so long. So, you guys, uh, you guys have anything more to add on this kind of thing, or you want to transition in here to kind of a new avenue we're looking to take? Yeah, I think we, I think we should, uh, we should switch up here. I'm really excited for this. Cool. I mean, the, the only. I don't even know if this is still part of it here, but uh, the only thing I would add is uh, if there's there's any feedback to to our comments. Uh, yeah, good point. Feel feel free to to share them with us, guys. Like if if you're someone who you know follows us and, and tracks our weekly uh, weekly posts online, how do you feel when you read them? Do do we come off as uh, assholes? Does it seem like there's a genuine uh, love interest? Like, how do you feel when you read our stuff? Is uh, I guess I'll leave it at that. How do you feel? Uh, yeah. Do Do you feel the message we're giving today is uh, how you feel when you read our stuff? That's a great point. Feedback always appreciated. And uh, we love all of you who already chime in, like our stuff, follow us. It's uh, it's great. And we hope you're getting something out of it. So, um, yeah, so uh, one random idea popped up in my head uh, when we were at Coachella recently is, is I got thinking that through this process, when we're trying to select albums that three of us, you know, never heard of, or three of us have all heard, there's a whole lot of albums out there in the past that just are so damn good, but they are kind of lost in limbo in terms of the criteria we, we like to look at. Um, so I had the idea that perhaps we start some exclusive reviews and, you know, maybe quicker, they probably won't go full on, um, website reviews or whatnot but uh, it gives us an opportunity to dig into some albums that we might not otherwise when we're strictly looking at stuff that works for the three of us so we're gonna kind of kick that off we're hoping that it's gonna lead somewhere down the road but for today's purposes we've decided uh to pick two albums one for each other person um albums you can have your own rhyme or reason i think each guy will go into why they chose their albums the idea being is we're gonna give the other guys their album uh, albums on this podcast. And then the next podcast, hopefully you'll tune in again and we'll kind of go over them and go into a little review, uh, maybe a little uh, over oversight on it, you know, quick rating, a few jot notes, overall sentiment, that kind of thing. So with that being said, who's Ooh. going first? I choose Roz. Roz, go Roz. first. You want me to go first? 
<laughs> All right, guys. So this is actually super fun. These uh, I didn't just to prep the preface. We didn't. We told each other that we would not go wild <laughs> with this. These are <laughs> real albums that I would also review, but I just yeah. wanted to share it because I just I don't think we'll ever get to them. Um, so I took uh, two different two of my favorite genres and I kind of split it up based on both you guys. So first one's up is Lundy. Um, we just did for all the listeners, we just did Working Men's Club, kind of like a '90s feel, uh, kind of rave culture, uh, '90s uh, house music EDM kind of thing. So I, uh, as someone who really loves electronic music, I'm always going to the deep cuts of who was around, who was kind of changing the game, who pioneered the genre. So for Lundy, I have Moby and Ooh. his album Play, 1999. Ooh, interesting. So yeah, so Moby, of course. Other th- other than Eminem saying no one listens to techno, which they, did, they do, and <laughs> which I is not that, true. Eminem, <laughs> let's not go. True. Eminem. Um, so yeah, he's one of the most important figures in uh, dance music in the '90s. He brought he actually brought electronic music to the mainstream in North America. Um, Play is more of a, a bluesy down tempo. Uh, it was intended to be his final record, but it actually blew up. Uh, ranked 341 on Rolling Stone's top 500 albums of all time. Um, actually made him go completely mainstream. Uh, instead of staying in his niche, certified platinum, 12 million copies sold, heavily licensed in commercials and movies. I really want to see what Lundy thinks because a lot of these songs I remember from movies, and I know you also are a big movie lover like me. So kind of get in there and kind of go, oh, you know, maybe maybe you'll uh, notice a few. So I like it. Moby play. I hope it's not over an hour long. Uh, so there's like an A and B side combined, <laughs> and I figured I think it's like an hour and twelve minutes. No, I'm just like, I'm just messing with you, man. I'm happy. I, I can't mean, wait to I know, I know that could I know that could be the kiss of death. So okay, yeah. that's Lundy's read. You're on the other side, so I gave electronic to Lundy. You're getting uh, hip hop, and it's funny. Let's this is actually go. a great segue into what you said. How rap these days isn't really the same. It's all you know, mumble mumble, SoundCloud, AutoTune, all that. So this is a very deep cut. I love this band and i put it on randomly all the time it's super random actually you might know i'm not sure so uh the band is deltron 3 3030 and the yeah. album is deltron 3030 <laughs> it's a, it's a titular album it's from the year 2000 this it's let me just explain it it's an alternative <laughs> alternative hip-hop trio producer dan the automator or on this oh album this is a concept album Cantankerous Captain Aptos is his name. Rapper Del the Funky Homo Sapien, also known as Deltron Zero, the main character of this album. And DJ Kid Koala, who actually I've seen in, in lineups to this day, Kid Koala. Mm-hmm. This is a debut concept album. It is a rap opera mix. Oh, my. And it's uh, it's basically what it is. It's 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 a story of this this spaceship full of rappers that are kind of flying through space, uh, fighting oh fighting God. large corporations. So, <laughs> so are, are, you, are you able to review these with them? Like, do you know these two albums? Well, I do. I do very well. Yeah, so cool. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to I'm going to try and listen to all the ones that are there just so I can chime in. But I will definitely. Yeah. Uh, I will well, my it. only thoughts is it sounds fucked. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, it, 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 it is. It is. Oh. Deltron 3000 or 3030. 3030, yeah. It's facing the year 3030. So, yeah. It's like the Jetsons mixed with Wu-Tang Clan. So, enjoy that. All right. Me or you, Rito? I'll go next. I'll go yeah. next. 
since you uh, light us up with all the intros. All right. Uh, Deltron yourself, I will start with you. <laughs> so, I know you love this artist. I'll start off with that. So I know this is going to be a good listen for you. But I'm not sure you've ever given this album much time. It is Dr. Lecter by Action Bronson. Ooh, no, I haven't. I'm a big so, Mr. Wonderful guy. I'm, I'm always listening to Mr. Wonderful so and Blue Chips. So. That's exactly why, why I've done this, because I know how much you and, and John Welsh love, mis, love Mr. Wonderful. You play it all the time. I actually, Dr. Lecter is actually my favorite album by him. Song after song after song, man. It's, it's incredible. So, um, I mean, there's, I have nothing else to say. I'm stoked for you to dig into it. And I can't wait to hear what you give it out of 10. It's uh, going to be great. The 2011 album, it's his debut studio release. I actually uh, had a bit of trouble finding it on vinyl. I still haven't. Um, it's, it's that quality for me. I, uh, I want to add it to the collection. That's great. This is, this is great because I'm, I'm actually looking for Mr. Wonderful right now. So if I like this, then I'll just order two and shout out to John Welsh. What a call it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him know. I'll let him know to watch this one. <laughs> Wanker himself. <laughs> <laughs> and for Lundy, Lundy may have seen this coming a mile away. <laughs> I'm watching for some facial reactions there. Um, Pearl Jam, oh, okay. Vitality. Nice. Nice. So this is their third studio album, coming off the major successes of their first two, Ten and Versus. Um, as a huge fan, I'm, I'm not ready to rate it in comparison to the others, but it's uh, it's an absolute gem. It's released in 1994. Uh, Lundy really loves music with a story and meaning. And this album is jam-packed with feeling as Pearl Jam is still in their early stages of dealing with fame and media. It was a year after Kurt Cobain's death, so there's a song in there that touches on that. Uh, there's just so much there. It's amazing. And uh, I really hope this opens the vault a little uh, on PJ appreciation for uh, Mr. Lundgren. You got me to strokes finally, so maybe now it's time to get me PJ. But, Slowly yeah. but surely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I look forward to that. That's a band, you know... Uh, original days of TSR we probably would have dug into by now but with our focus on um, new upcoming music or new re release music we really haven't been digging into the classics much so um, that's a great choice uh, I honestly was expecting a Red Hot Chili Peppers album but this is along <laughs> the same, along the same uh, lines alright uh, for you guys so for me um, both my albums following the same thing um, the album I chose for Roz is an album that I believe me and Reed knows fairly well. Uh, and the album I chose for Reed is an album that I believe Roz knows fairly well. So with that being said, um, Rito, you will be reviewing an artist we've already reviewed once who you said you've never listened to prior. And her previous albums are much better than the last one we reviewed. Ooh, oh, yeah. So you will be reviewing Pure Heroin by Lord. Oh Ooh. yes. <laughs> Fuck. That was like that's such a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for Roz, um, this album on certain days probably cracks my top five. Um, it is certainly Ooh. a top 10 album for me. It um 
it really pushes the genre, if, especially if when you dig into it, you look at the year it was put out. It, uh, it was well ahead of its time. Uh, a band I've been lucky to see a couple times once here at uh, Club One. Uh, you will be listening to Wolf Parades. Apologies to the Queen Mary. Oh, good, awesome. good choice. That's great. Have you heard that one before, Ross? I haven't. I was. I swear to God, I thought Lonnie was gonna say he was like, "Yeah, I've seen these guys live." I thought he was gonna say Kid A. And like, <laughs> they, they didn't go to Club One. <laughs> no. So yeah, I hope you guys did, dig those. Uh, they they basically. I was gonna kind of pit. Well, first for Rito, I really, really, really wanted to get you to review a national album, but. Um, <laughs> But that's coming, what I was expecting. That's what but they're coming out with new music in like a month or two. So I was like, well, he already doesn't appear to like them that much. So <laughs> if he ends up not liking this album, then I'm going to struggle to get the review on the new album. So I was like, I'll just leave it for now. But yeah. will, will, will we break the curse of the monotone voice? well look i can guarantee a lord is not a monotone voice no oh god that album is so good i just uh i just listened to both these albums uh i had a few other choices for you guys as i was going through but uh, i listened to both these albums on uh on a hike here a couple days ago and i was like yeah man these are albums i want to discuss these are albums i don't think fit the mold for us but I think both guys will end up liking both choices. So is is that the the Royals album? Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, yeah. this is what bombed. I completely bombed my Solar Power <laughs> review because these albums are so good, <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. so good. Solar so Power sad. is just not. Yeah, like they're just they're just completely different. Like she's just yeah. she's in she's in a good place in it, and I'm yeah. happy for her. But, but I'm mad. <laughs> so guys, I look I look forward to it. I know we haven't exactly discussed how we want to do it. You're only responsible to review the albums you want, but you know it'd be cool to have a discussion on them all. So I'm gonna listen to them all, but. Uh, I'll def I'll definitely be listening to them all. To what extent I'm not sure, but I'll definitely yeah exactly. I'll be, I'll be, ch- I'll be yeah. checking them all definitely. So, They're all good. They all sound. I mean, fuck yeah, great. So yeah, except, look, except uh, maybe Deltron. 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 <laughs> Listen, don't sleep on Deltron. It's gonna be a a, a nice uh, ride in this nice trip into space for you. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. So this next segment's gonna be kind of fluid. We're probably gonna look for a name similar to Sweet Meter what we've used on our other segment. Uh, the idea behind this is to get a little more away from the reviews and focus on what goes behind the music, uh, you know, a little bit of the history behind it. So the concept is, is we've all just decided to try and fill about five minutes each between discussion and facts or trivia or whatever it may be. We'll work it out. Uh, if you have any feedback on what you'd like to hear us talk about or what you like, what you don't like, let us know. But uh, we're going to give this a shot and see if we can make it a little more interesting rather than uh, just talking about ourselves and our, our reviews all podcast. Oh. So for my idea, um, we recently reviewed a very iconic album, Nirvana's Nevermind. So I present to you 10 possibly unknown facts about Nirvana and Nevermind. Very nice. Okay. Love it. So, um, just going through. Nevermind was released on the same day as several other classic albums Soundgarden's Bad Motor Finger, 
Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, and A Tribe Called Quest, The Low End Theory. Oh, in- insanity. Yeah. Man, that's fucking sad. How, how's, how's that for a new music Friday? <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, does that happen? Does the shit like that even happen anymore? Like, it's it's, it's crazy. Uh, the album wasn't originally supposed to be called Nevermind. It was working title was Sheep. This was apparently a snide commentary about the people who buy the album as Cobain <laughs> drafted some ad copy in a journal that read, Because You Want to Not, Because Everyone Else Is. Third fact? Geffen had very low expectations for Nirvana. They only pressed and shipped a mere 46,000 copies on its release date. And the uh, record label was hoping to sell 250,000 copies overall. Today, it has sold over more than 30 million copies worldwide. Insane. I think I, t- I, I might, in my review, I believe I touched on the label, like having low expectations. Mm. Um, it's just so funny. They had to. I remember. Um, I found uh, research that they had to stop production of all other rec- all the records of all the other bands in the, on their <laughs> label. Like, can you imagine being a band? Like, yeah, we can't like press you anymore because these guys are way better. <laughs> um, fourth fact. Uh, some may put this together. Nirvana topped the charts and toppled the king of pop, Michael Jackson. But do you know who toppled Nirvana? Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> no, Garth. Garth, why? Exactly how Kurt would have wanted it, I'm sure. <laughs> um, in fact, Dave Grohl isn't the only drummer on ne- heard on it, never mind. A man by the name of Chad Channing has one singular part. He was the drummer before leaving the band, got fired. He has a cymbal that can be heard played on the acoustic ballad Polly. One. Maybe that's why Roz hates it. He really hates Chad Cannon. <laughs> just, just, <one, laughs> just one little piss. Um, the symbol, the symbol dropped me down to point two. That one I actually got for my little deep dive into what Polly meant and stuff. So that, yeah. that's that's pretty cool. How do you guys um, feel? How do you, sorry, but how do you guys feel about these guys that like join bands right before they blow up and then leave? Like that kind of be brutal, man. Yeah, there's a couple of those. There's a couple of those. Like, how do you? The the classic (laughs) one is Foo Fighters when Dave re uh, re recorded all the drums, the color (laughs) and the shape, and kicked them out of the band. Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Uh, Sixth fact: Uh, the song "Endless Nameless." was a jam session that came from frustration of their inability to play lithium in the studio. Dave Grohl really struggled with the drums. No way. Yeah, that's actually, that's really cool. Can you imagine? You're fucking up, makes the album. <laughs> like, so yeah. Good you are. <laughs> uh, Nevermind cost 200 times more than what its predecessor did. They spent about $120,000 to make Nevermind. Their previous album cost $600. A good 600 for bleach yeah see, see kids you can do anything these days at home just a couple a couple bucks uh massive cobain, amount of talent <laughs> cobain's uh wanted to uh do the artwork for nevermind and they wouldn't let him put his own name on it so he submitted a collage under the name of kurt spelled with uh a c cobain <laughs> and, and it got accepted and if you can look very very closely he has a picture of the band Kiss standing in the back on a slab of beef. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, 
Yeah, wild. Uh, number nine, if you listen very closely, that you can hear Foo Fighters and Nirvana duet. Dave Grohl actually sings backup backup on Drain You and In Bloom, huh. as well as the B-side Marigold. Damn. And the final one, the cover of Nevermind was almost a girl. Nevermind cover photographer Kirk Weddle did two shoots and really liked the photograph he took of a baby girl, but the band's record label insisted, we want the dick. <laughs> we want that baby dick. <laughs> did that guy ever win the lawsuit, by the way? I, have you guys I followed up on this guy? Like, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really thought we were going to have to blank that out on social media, but we didn't get taken down. So <laughs> what, whatever. Anyways, guys, I hope you liked my 10 facts about Nirvana's Nevermind. Yeah, yeah super cool. That is really cool. You know, an album is like, like legendary when there's you can have a list of cool things about it you know like the completely out of nowhere things like yeah man that's awesome i'll go next <laughs> i'll go next guys all right so i have a completely different format uh mine's not, not even about music it's about it's about artists as individuals <laughs> or as a team or as a group okay. um i've named this trivia game right along <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the triv- this is a trivia game. You will both need to participate, and the game is called Ride Along. This is a list of 10 times where an artist rider was ridiculous. Okay. So, <laughs> I will give you three options with every explanation, and you're going to have to guess who asked for these specific things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number one, okay. this artist specifically asked, for a fish and chips and a photograph framed of Princess Diana. Is it A, Madonna, B, Britney Spears, or C, Jennifer Lopez? I'm going to go with Madonna. Uh, J-Lo. You are both incorrect. The answer is Britney <laughs> Spears. <laughs> Britney, Britney Spears' rider included a fish and chip supper and a framed photograph of Princess Diana. Princess Diana. Also, she wanted McDonald's cheeseburgers without the buns and 100 figs and prunes. These were all required or else she would not play. Jesus Christ. Wow. Oh, Britney. Leave Britney alone. Number two. You know what, though? You see her Instagram these days? Not too surprised. It's great. It's <laughs> yeah. great. yeah, she's been eating a lot of figs and prunes. All right, number, number two. <laughs> This artist specifically asked contractually, or they would not play, for a koi carp pond for his pet fish. Is it A, Eminem? Is it B, Andre 3000? Or is it C, Kanye West? It's got to be Andre 3000. That's what I was going to go with it. You would be incorrect. The answer is A, Eminem. Ah, come on. I'm bad at this game. <laughs> I, I, well, I added Andre because he's weird as fuck. And I yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, damn. If, if you've seen the Key and Pete, the Key and Peele sketch about Andre, it's hilarious. But no, that was Eminem. Uh, in a 2011 show in Northern Ireland, he was very specific about brands of foods and drinks, workout gear, and the requirement of a koi carp pond for his fish. And that's 2011 Eminem. Was he even on drugs back then? Like, I'm not sure. That's very weird. You're just mad. All right. This is, this is, this is a good one. Number three. This band's rider consisted of specifically six cup of noodles. 
<laughs> and only on Wednesdays. Is it A, Foo Fighters, B, Fall Out Boy, or C, Weezer? Fall Out Boy. Weezer. That is the incorrect answer is Foo Fighters. Oh my God. <laughs> you guys are so bad. There's three choices. You both picked the two wrong ones. We're over three. Foo oh, Fighters true. asked specifically for six cup of noodles, vegetable, original beef only. And it wouldn't be too weird until you find it. It's only on Wednesdays. Did they explain why? Uh, you'll have to you'll have to do the re that research yourself. <laughs> okay. That's good. <laughs> Number four. This is a big one. This artist asked for a dressing room full of belly dancers with 20 crates of gray goose 15 magnum condoms and a bottle of perrier is it a timbaland b CeeLo green or c pharrell williams i'm going with CeeLo. i'll say timbaland incorrect the answer is pharrell williams <laughs> I'm either really good at crafting questions or you guys are terrible at this game. Fuck. How this are is we actually, so bad? This next one's, this one's easy. This is actually a legendary one. You've probably heard this one. Probably. This rider consisted of uh, a bowl of M&Ms, but all the brown ones must be taken out. Is it A, ACDC, B, Van Halen, or C, Aerosmith? Van Halen. Aerosmith. Lundy is correct. The answer yeah, is yeah. finally we're on the board, baby. Is that the first? Is this the first one anyone's gotten right? <laughs> yeah. So it's actually a cool story. So they did that because they made it specifically that they they wanted a whole bunch of shit on their rider for like sound check and making sure the electrical was all good. And they realized if they didn't do the brand M and M thing, they probably didn't read the rider, and it was almost like a safety kind of like a they threw it in as like a quality oh. check. Yeah, cool. so it was like a test. Like, if you didn't do that, then we're probably going to get electrocuted on stage. Um, yeah, that was pretty smart. All right, number six. <laughs> so this band, these guys are crazy, asked for a schedule to the local AA meeting, a submachine gun, and a 12-foot-long bow constrictor. Is it A, Guns N' Roses, B, Ozzy Osbourne, or C, Motley Crue? Motley Crue. GNR. Motley Crue, Reed on the board. On the board. You guys, you guys are tied. <laughs> I, I know they have a movie up. The snake got to be in it. I'm not sure, but that is, I don't know what the I machine guns. I guess you killed the, the snake with the machine gun. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Then you go to AA. Then you go to AA after like <laughs> repent. All right. Number seven. This artist asked for a chicken salad sandwich, <laughs> a, pack, a pack of Marlboro lights, and the best quality red wine in town. Is it A, Alicia Keys? B, Adele, or C, Amy Winehouse? I'm going to go Adele. Amy Winehouse. Answer is Adele. Lundy. Uh, Lundy. Amy, Wine Lundy. Amy Winehouse was a trick. That's a trick. <laughs> yeah, you got to get, right, we're going, we're already on eight, but these are, there's some tricks around in here. You know, the, her name has the, name, the word wine in it, but. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right, we're getting up there. Number eight, guys. This artist requested specifically Nivea chapstick and Dr. Bronner's peppermint soap because he said it tingles the body and clears the mind. Is it <laughs> A, The Weeknd, B, Post Malone, or C, Drake? Hmm. Uh, 
I gotta go with the weekend. Post Malone. The answer to this question is the one man who is softer than fucking baby shit. The answer is Drake. <laughs> I thought you were tricking me with Drake. <laughs> I, I reverse tricked you with a trick of a trick. <laughs> Drake's so soft, man. It tingles no. the body. So soft. All right, guys, we're getting up there. We're number nine. This artist had an explicit no banana policy. No bananas were <laughs> no to be in the building. <laughs> as he as as he had an allergy. Also, he submitted ahead of time a specific homemade guacamole recipe that must be made before they, they got there. Is it A, Jack White, B, The Strokes, or C, Courtney Barnett? Jack White. Jack White. Yeah, Jack White. I fucked up by saying he. <laughs> I fucked up my own quiz. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. damn it. One's a band. And this joke's a One's a band. One's a band. One's a girl. Oh, fuck. Why did I put that one in the goddamn trivia? All right. Oh, you idiot. I'll make, I'll make it up with this one. This is number 10. All right, guys. Uh, Coachella Mastermind, Paul Tollette, in 2016, staged the inaugural Desert Trip Festival in Coachella's home of Indio, California, scoring many rock gods. In the rider, they received an acre of land backstage for friends and family and a 36-meter-long air-conditioned running track that they can exercise. Jeez. Next year, the festival was shut down, and probably for this reason. Was it A, the Rolling Stones, B, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, or C, Maroon 5? Maroon 5. <laughs> Uh, he's tricking me again. <laughs> I think it's the Chili Peppers. And the answer is the man who runs around stage constantly, Mick Jagger, a the Rolling Stones. Oh, come on. Again, I won though. You yes! did win, but holy fuck, guys! So many like, <laughs> like it's statistics. actually incredible how many we got wrong. Statistically, I think I got one right. Yeah, I got two. <laughs> ten, que- ten questions. You both had a shot. Yeah. Wow. Moved. Yeah. That is well, but anyway, yeah. So that's my trivia game. It's called Ride Along, where we uh, deep dive into uh, bands' riders. So there you go. Yeah, that was super fun. Mine yeah, is like again that. totally different. Totally yeah. different. <laughs> I like it. So mine is just uh, a smithering of facts. Okay, um, <laughs> smithering. I haven't been smithered in a long time. <laughs> Smithers. Smithers. <laughs> so anybody, uh, I was mentioned earlier. Anybody that followed along our Instagram knows that I recently uh, saw a very uh, interesting concert for myself. Uh, Two of my favorite bands playing on the same night, um, The Strokes and The Red Hot Chili Peppers. I've been a longtime fan of both bands. The Strokes, it was my first time seeing them, so that was great. And The Chili Peppers, I've seen them uh, three, four times, but this was the first time with uh, John Frusciante. So anybody who knows uh, the band knows that it was a completely different experience with him uh, on deck. So kind of just wanted to go through some facts of the show. Um, So just some interesting facts, yeah. So right off the bat, they opened with Thundercat. Thundercat is uh, a gentleman by the name of Stephen Lee Bruner, Brunner, not, not totally sure. He's actually widely known, I guess, amongst musicians as one of the best bassists on, on the planet. Um, 
Uh, and you can just picture Flea coming up now when they first start to show, oh, yeah, guys, yeah, you just saw, <laughs> just so you know, you just saw Thundercat, the best face is on the play. You know how he is? Just is that what he sounds know. like? <laughs> I don't know. I only met the drummer. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so he, he is an unbelievable foreman. He came up, uh, him, a guy on the drums and a guy on a keyboard, just up on stage, absolutely grooving. Not my type of music at all, but all three just ooze talent, like just just ridiculous. You should just you should see Thundercat, man. Uh, he must have like the thickest fingers with major, like the hardest, calloused fingers of all time. Like you just see this guy; it's, it's incredible. Um, <laughs> so he he actually played drums on "To, to Pimp a Butterfly" by Kendrick Lamar. Thick which won a Gram, Grammy album of the year and best song uh, in 2016 for These Walls. He was said to be at the epicenter of the creative process on the album, which is super cool because it's uh, it's an amazing album. And he also won a Grammy in 2021. And if you listen to, uh, I don't know the podcast episode, but you know our thoughts on how, how uh, highly we regard the Grammys in here. But uh, mm. he won uh, 2021 for best progressive R&B album for his own album. Um, it is what it is. So, I mean, uh, just in general, he did have a couple songs during his, his set that were pretty groovy and interesting. And, you know, anytime we have a, you have a lineup, uh, you, you usually give, give the band a listen. I, I listen and it's just too damn weird, honestly, but there were a couple, <laughs> were a couple of cool songs in there, but man, the, the guy just oozes talent. And, uh, I guess I'll leave it at that. Uh, couple cool facts in there the strokes came up next i'm not going to say too much uh just that they're uh you know they open so their set was shorter they played a lot of their classics and a couple of their their new hits uh well from their from their latest album i don't know if i call it new still but uh they just came up and it's interesting to see the dynamic from one band to another like these guys just came up stood in place did their thing did a few twirls on their on their guitars and Julian Casablancas was uh, was pretty funny on uh, on the mic, um, and then you go into Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, three of the four of them are sixty years old, uh, still an incredibly uh, entertaining and energetic show. They put off a great show. It was uh, very entertaining, and we were super close. Got some great videos, and and just overall, it was a great atmosphere. And, I kind of want to focus in, I mentioned earlier, on John Frushanti for a second and give a couple facts for to some listeners who may not know much about the band or the guitarist himself. Uh, so John Frushanti, I mean, I, I think he's one of the best guitarists on the planet. He, uh, the, the Chili, Red Hot Chili Peppers actually started with uh, guitarist Hillel Slovak in the, the mid-80s. Uh, they put out, I think it was three albums, Freaky Styley, The Uplo Uplift Mofo Party Plan, and, and maybe another with, uh, with Hillel. But he actually, he passed away while they were, uh, while they were writing Mother's Milk. Um, John Frushanti was, was young at the time, and he was a big fan of the Chili Peppers. And they actually recruited him to play, record, and, and join the band for Mother's Milk. Mother's Milk is the album before Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Uh, without looking up the the date right now, I think it's 89 maybe or 90, but uh, either way, 
they uh, they led into Blood Truth Sex Magic, which, uh, as Lundy mentioned earlier in the podcast, came at the same di- time as uh, Nevermind. Actually, no, that wasn't one of the ones. Sorry, it was actually it was the same year though um, as Nevermind. Um, in that uh, that epic year. Um, after Blood Sugar Sesh Magic, so they toured for a while, but uh, John left the band. Um, they they stayed together. Uh, Dave Navarro joined in 1995, and they released uh, One Hot Minute. And John came back for Californication. He stayed for the, that major success, as well as By the Way and Stadium Arcadium. And then a couple years later, he left again. I think it was in 2009. So kind of bit of a theme here he's a little bit of a diva likes to do his thing the own his own way um he he put out a few uh solo albums and you know i think he just uh, gets a creative thirst likes to branch off and do his own things from time to time um after that they they released i'm with you and then the getaway with josh klinghoffer and in 2019 kind of out of nowhere they they got back together again and and released uh, the first of two albums in 2022, Unlimited Love, which we've done, which we did a review on uh, earlier this year. Um, any fans of the band or anybody that listens can tell he he brings an element in the chemistry that they were just lacking with Klinghoffer. Um, you know the, they've been playing together for almost 30 years, so it's hard to replace that um, that chemistry. But bringing back to diva, the diva aspect and going back to the show. So heading into the show, we had heard rumors that he had lost his mind at his soundcheck crew during the <laughs> no. shows on no. tour. And, you know, we didn't actually see anything during the show. But before, during soundcheck, his setup was like 10 or 15 minutes longer than any other instrument. So the guy, the guy was there. He... You could tell that he was after taking a licking before because he checked, he double checked, triple checked everything like three, four times. He came out with a with a, a measuring tape on three oh separate occasions and measured from the floor to the microphone oh, to make man. sure that it was at the right elevation. <laughs> He's probably like, I can just picture him sweating like, oh my yeah. god, like this is like, oh, this is the worst. Oh thing. yeah. It, it, we, we saw him come out the second and the third time. We're like, Matt, shit. Anyway, that's all I got. Uh, the, the show was fantastic. He's a legend. And, uh, I mean, hopefully they stay together for a while. But, uh, yeah, those are my little tidbits. That was cool as well. I like that's what we awesome, all just said. Very so different, different directions. Yeah. It's it's funny, these bands with like the divas in them, right? Like, even, like, Oasis went through it, like, with Gal- the Gallagher's, like, but when when he went off and did his own thing, have, were any of his solo uh, albums like critically acclaimed, or did he just kind of shit around? And then like I'm just I'm curious to see how these divas like they come back. How they they have good chemistry? Like, did you notice them on stage? Are they like playing off each other? Like, is he is he a diva to the band, or is he just a diva in general? Like, he's just like a. Uh, I mean, I think he he's younger than the rest of the guys. Like, he's probably 10, 10 years younger. I mean, without me googling it here, he's early fifties, I believe. And I think it's just a, the create creative process side of it. Like he he just likes to do his own thing. And I mean, they went long stretches. You know, they tore. I mean, it's it's tiring. I'm sure being in a you know a, a, a huge band like that that some maybe just wanted a break. You know, mm-hmm. and 
whether his albums are critically acclaimed, you know, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I know one of the one of the guys I went to the show with, he loves his um, his solo stuff. He actually uh-huh. recommend uh, um, Curtains to us, which is one of his solo albums. A lot of his stuff is pretty trippy, pretty like spacey type stuff. But this album, Curtains, he said it's more uh, accessible, say, to to the uh, to the regular ear, I guess, if, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. But um, in, in general, I don't think his solo stuff's for everybody. And I think it's really just a creative thing. He just likes to go off and do his own thing. As for the live show, I mean, there's no there's no diva. You don't you don't sense any any of that. And really, he's he's the leader of the pack when he's yeah. out there. Um, I, I think I sent you guys a couple videos and just like he gives his own little lick to everything. And, you know, as a big fan, that was just sorely lacking with Klinghoffer. And it's interesting to go back and read some of the some of the interviews with Klinghoffer and how he said, uh, you know, Rick Rubin had his hands too much in on the the production and the creation of the albums that they, he couldn't really do what he wanted to do and stuff. Um, but, you know, you're never getting John. Right. And just uh, Anthony would go off the stage and him and Flea would start something and Chad would join in and. And it was just just crazy, and then they break out into like a pretty sick song. So, um, <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty sick, pretty sick, <laughs> pretty sick song. Yeah, pretty sick. I, pretty sick. I was very jealous of that trip. I was trying to uh, not avoid, but just let you have your fun and not get too <laughs> yeah. not get too FOMO about not think about it too much. But yeah, yeah. definitely. I guess uh, well, one thing on the diva thing, like of the the three albums that he is not a part of, they do not play any of those songs live, <laughs> and I don't think they oh, ever really. Have. Yeah, he, he probably tells them straight up, like, no, those yeah. songs suck. My guitar will not, I will not strum this note ever. There is, there is Mr. actually Rito's seen some great fucking bands this year Rage, yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Strokes, Strokes. And it's been a banner year after a couple of shitty ones. Thunder yeah. Cat. We actually, uh, it's fu- funny, I forgot to mention, um, like. We had VIP tickets to the show, so like we were super close. We got in like you know five o'clock, and a general admission didn't come in till I think six six thirty. So we were right up there on the rail, and there was actually a guy on the rail. He was like a John Frusciante doppelganger. Like it was in, <laughs> it was insane. Like we were talking about how we were we were expecting him to hop over the rail when Chili Peppers came out, and actually, <laughs> say maybe that was actually him, and he had a backup guy on stage. Yeah, we were saying maybe <laughs> maybe he's uh, he's checking out the sound check crew, making sure they do do their job right before the show. <laughs> hey, that was a cool story. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. It's cool to get. It's cool to get the perspective when um, you know. Obviously, we weren't there, but. Uh, you, you do paint a really good picture of it. So thank you for that. All right, guys, this was cool again. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, we hope you enjoyed the couple of new segments, our new avenues, try to keep the state fresh. Appreciate everything. Always welcome for feedback. Hit us in our DMs. Follow www.twosweetreviews.com at Two Sweet Reviews on Instagram. Thank you so much. Signing off. Two, two,